0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harpin, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. It is Wednesday, it's hump day. And you know what that means? That means the mailbag is coming up in the second half of this show and the ride-or-die crew did not disappoint. They never do. I always say that, but they never do. They never disappoint. They literally always come through in the clutch. They are the most loyal followers that I have. I hate even using the word followers. They're just fans of the show, and I appreciate every single one of you. In case you're out there wondering what do I have to do to get my question answered in the mailbag segment, it's really rather simple. Follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T, and every Tuesday around noonish or so, I put out the tweet that says, hey, let's get some questions going for the mailbag segment, and all you have to do is reply to that tweet, and I will answer your question on that mailbag segment. Before we get to the mailbag, though, there is a lot of stuff that I want to get off my chest about this whole Steelers playoff run, because remember, when I did my show, I recorded it on Sunday. The Sunday night game was still going on, mind you, and I've been sitting there and i'm watching the game between the raiders and the chargers and i'm i'm thinking to myself i just did an entire podcast winners and losers everything and now i did i did cover my bases i want to be completely honest i did cover my bases on monday's winners and losers podcast and i did say that they haven't gotten in yet and i kind of kept that door open we we kept that cracked slightly but never in my wildest dreams would i ever have imagined that what took place would have actually taken place. I'm watching the game. My wife says, why are you watching this football game? I said, well, it matters to the Steelers. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, they, they could, as long as someone wins the game and they don't tie, then the Steelers get into the postseason. And she said, well, that sounds rather ridiculous, but okay, but someone's going to win. I said, theoretically, someone's going to win. But I always go back to the fact that on Twitter, when the Steelers beat the Ravens, and the, we all know the story about the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Colts, everyone kept on saying, well, there's that chance that they tie. And I, I was the one that responded with, no, I don't think they're going to tie. It's a rivalry game between two AFC West teams. It is on primetime. Could you imagine if these teams went out there and played to a tie? And so on top of all those things, I'm watching this game, 15-point lead, like five or so minutes left. This game is in the bag. But I couldn't stop watching. I had to see it. Fourth down conversion after other fourth down conversion after two-point conversion. And I'm thinking, this game's going to go to overtime. And then all of a sudden, I had flashbacks to all these people on Twitter that said, Jeff, You got to think if these two teams go into overtime and it's, you know, there's no incentive for them to win the game other than to put the other team out of it. And so I immediately responded with, well, could you imagine the Pittsburgh Steelers somehow trying to help the Cleveland Browns or the Baltimore Ravens get into the playoffs? Blasphemy. You would never say that, never suggest it, never even think about it. Yet there I was, watching the Raiders drive down the field and kick a field goal, watching the Chargers drive down the field and answer that field goal, but taking some time and doing so. And the Raiders again, there's no incentive to win. I'm watching all these, you know, beat writers for the Steelers on Twitter saying this is gonna end in a tie. And I'm I'm literally in my bed. I'm watching on my phone, and I'm a wreck. I can't believe this. In so many ways, I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it to the fact that I spent all that time doing podcasts and writing articles and emotionally preparing myself for a crazy wild postseason run or a postseason game, only to have what? A tie? Keep them out? It would be fitting, though, if you think about it. A tie got the Steelers into that situation, and a tie could potentially knock them out. Nonetheless, we all know how it played out, and wow, talk about a sigh of relief. A sigh of relief. And so the Steelers get in. We knew that we what we hoped. The Steelers get into the postseason, and now everyone's talking about the next step. They're talking about the Chiefs. Seven-seed Steelers going to Kansas City, where they were just shellacked a few weeks ago. That rings a bell, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, that reminds me of 2005, when on Monday Night Football, Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison made the Steelers' defense look like Swiss cheese, and the Steelers go back in to Indy. Now that was a different team. I'm not comparing the two, but it does sound familiar. If you all understand that, you hear me. But the the title of this podcast, I wanted to get that off my chest, um, about that Sunday night game. The title of this podcast, though, is how the Steelers are playing with house money. They are playing with house money. And I've said this before. There's a lot of people that they might listen to this and say, what What in the world is he talking about? House money. Like, what? what is house money? Well, house money is, and this is a definition of it, refers to money that was given to you, easily obtained or stumbled upon. Okay, and then another version of the definition is to be in a situation where little or no personal risk can be incurred, to act as though little or no risk can be incurred. So, in other words, house money is a reference to back when You had in old time Vegas, or I guess currently in Vegas, or any type, any place now that's not just Vegas where they have gambling. Hey, this guy's playing on the house, meaning, in other words, the house is paying for the bets. Heck, you're going to bet it all. Why? Because it's not your money to bet. And so the Steelers, in my opinion, right now are playing with house money. No one gave them a chance. No one. Heck, there's people here behind the steel curtain that didn't give him a chance. And I'll say a few names. Uh, Michael Beck, Blue Check Beck, our our, free, our favorite Canadian every Friday. He didn't give him a chance to get in the playoffs. Said they were awful. Started looking ahead to the uh, offseason. Our own Jeffrey Benedict has said re- repeatedly how crappy this team is and how bad they are and how they have no business winning games. And yet here we are. I mean, it's one of those situations where at what point do we expect the unexpected with this team? Sure, I mean, sometimes they fall into the category of predictable. But if anything, this season has shown that the only thing to expect is the unexpected. The only thing that we can actually bank on is not knowing what's going to happen. But my question is, what's it going to take for you all, fans that might doubt, to actually say, you know what, maybe this team does have that extra it factor. That it factor that doesn't show up on film. The it factor that doesn't show up in rankings. The it factor that you can't necessarily see it on a regular basis, but they have it. What's it going to take? Trip to Buffalo, beating the Bills? Nah, that didn't do it. Beating the Browns twice? Ravens twice? No, that didn't do it either. How about beating the Tennessee Titans, the number one seed in the AFC, mind you? Would that do it? Nah, that wouldn't do it either. Well, you know what? I don't know what it's going to take because I guess if you don't believe that sometimes there's just something about these teams that you can't, you can't put into words, it's very difficult, you can't put it on paper, and you can't certainly can't point to it on a screen and say, that's why, that's what this team has. Well, if you can't buy into that, you can't buy into this team. Because statistically, the Steelers have no business being 9-7-1. They have no business being in the playoffs. But guess what? They are. They are in the playoffs. And Ben Roethlisberger, he gets one more game. I heard Jeffrey Benedict say that on the cutting room floor. Great episode this week. Make sure you check that out. He said they get one more game. And immediately, the way my mind works is I automatically I have this knack for remembering Lyrics and especially quotes from movies. And so I was here. I heard that one more. I'm thinking to myself, I've heard that in a movie. And when I was a kid, and even to this day, I still watch movies like a million times. I almost memorize them. And then it hit me. I know exactly what movie that's from. It's from the critically acclaimed award winning movie back in the mid 90s. It featured one Gary Busey. Rookie of the Year. Now, I kid, that is not a award-winning movie in any stretch of the imagination, but it was one of my favorite growing up. And if you're like, Jeff, what movie is Rookie of the Year? Rookie of the Year was the movie where there's the the young man who is an awful baseball player. He slips on a baseball, breaks his arm. When the arm heals, the tendons in his arm are extremely tight. And what happens is he has an uncanny ability to throw a baseball extremely hard. One thing leads to another, he gets signed by the Chicago Cubs, his local team, and he's pitching, but it's Chet Stedman. Chet Stedman, that's Gary Busey's character, he's the the rocket. He's the old guy that's still on the team, and in the playoffs, when they're playing, I believe it's the Mets, there's a scene where Chet Stedman realizes that his arm is going. And the manager, I love the manager, who is yelling from the dugout steps, Chet, I'm taking you out! And Gary Busey looks at him, and it, it's kind of a, when you think about it in the context of the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, it, it kind of gets you going. It's not so much like the Rocky two, where, you know, Adrian wakes up and, and tells Rocky, come here, i got to whisper something. I've played that on the show before. He, oh, I want you to just win. And Mickey's in the background going, what are we waiting for? I'm going to play you the clip from Rookie of the Year, okay? You just got to listen. It, it Trust me. Hear we are. So there you have it. It's like the NFL is saying, Ben, I'm going to take you out. And Ben's like, one more. No, no, we're not doing Give me one more. And that gives me chills when I think about it in the context of Ben Roethlisberger. But that's, that's kind of what it feels like. Just give me one more game, guys. And if I'm Ben Roethlisberger, I am teeing this up. So early this week, and just talking about how meaningful the playoffs are, and those that were there last year, what it was like when they lost to the Browns at home in the wildcard game, and to I would basically tell Ben, be Dan Rooney to some of these young players, tell them stories about Super Bowl forty and Super Bowl forty three and Super Bowl forty five that you lost. Tell them how valuable it is. If you recall, Ben Roethlisberger once talked about going into Super Bowl forty. He got phone calls from people like Jim Kelly, Dan Marino. And what did they tell him? You never know when you're going to get back. So enjoy every second of it. The, this is the time where Ben's got to be queuing this up. One more. Give me one more game. And you can queue that up as many times as you want if they somehow go into Kansas City and shock the world, you queue it up for the Tennessee Titans the week after you shock the world again, queue it up again, Give me one more game. they're playing with house money they're playing that they have nothing to lose now. Screw the narratives, screw the regular season. It means nothing at this point. All that matters is you be the best team you can be this week, and I remember. This was, again, I coached for 13 years, and I use this term with my players all the time because our, our school was one of the smallest schools in our area. And so we would go up against these 4A schools, and we were a 1A school. And we would be in these really highly contested games, and I'll never forget one of our biggest rivals. We were in a, a game in the playoffs against them, and there was a 2A school. We had to play 2A schools in the postseason. And they had been, not to go off on a, a tangent, but the very first game I ever coached at a different school... This coach that used to be that, that was at the school we were playing ran it up on me big time. My team was awful. Twenty-four to two was the final score, I believe. And that's not football. That's lacrosse. That's a, it's a high-scoring game for them. And I always said I'm going to get them back one of these days. And so they were highly favored to win our, our this playoff game. And I went into that game and I told the players, "We're playing with house money right now. There's no pressure on us. Are you serious? We're not at home. No one thinks we're going to win." We just have to believe in ourselves and go out and execute, and we will win. I mean, we had prepared. We had studied the film. We knew the breakdowns. We knew, we knew what they were going to do before they did it. And then it goes to overtime, and I said it again. There's no pressure on us. They're over there squeezing their, they're, they're, they're squeezing their sticks too tight. That's a term that we would use. They're getting tense. They're getting nervous. They're the ones that have to worry. We don't have to worry. We just go in and wreck their season, and we did scored the game-winning goal on the next possession, and I'll never forget that moment. And I'm sure the Steelers are going to be drawing all this up. Does it? Will it matter? I don't know. But when it comes to preparation and when it comes to the, this Pittsburgh Steelers team, anything is possible. Ben Roethlisberger's last ride, a memorable year for T.J. Watt, the defense and the offense that has its warts, as Mike Tomlin would say, but it all comes down to this. A game where the Steelers should have no pressure at all, even for Ben Roethlisberger. It's you know, something that Jeffrey Benedict brought up in his podcast about how he felt that Roethlisberger played poorly in his last two games. I could see why, and think about the pressure that he has to want to win those last two games, the last two regular season games of his career. Because I guarantee you, if you ask Ben in an honest moment, in a goodness to gracious, honest moment off the record, he's not. You're not going to tell us, "Oh, hey, do you think you're going to make the playoffs?" He probably would have said no. He probably would have said no. I think this is probably going to be it. But he has one more game. And who cares at this point? Throw caution into the wind. You already won at home at Heinz Field. You're not going back there ever again as a player. As the seven seed, you're going to be traveling for the rest, of the, re- the, re- the rest of the way. So go out in style. The Ravens game. You won your regular season finale house money put it all on the line i'm getting jacked up i really am that chet Steadman, give me one more one more for big ben for the steelers for the fans boy it's been a while since they've won a playoff game love to see it happen all right when we come back after this break i'm going to talk all things mailbag all right stay tuned be right back Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. It's part two. It is mailbag time. That's right. Shooter McGavin was up on my Twitter feed. You knew what time it was, and you responded. And so there were a lot of comments, you know, didn't get as many as I wanted because I didn't get to wait. Normally, I wait until later in the evening to actually record this. I had to do it earlier. Um, yeah, so I had to make sure I got this done. And here we go. Let's get things started. MDivs 24 says, one last gunslinger shootout type game from Ben. Uh, and so that's kind of his question. And so for me, I would say that I wouldn't expect that. Uh, I don't know if Ben has that in the arsenal anymore. Um, I, I would love for nothing more than for Ben to go out and in a blaze of glory, if, if not winning the game. But I mean, ultimately, I think that Roethlisberger knows what his capabilities are, what he's, you know, where his limitations are. We'll put it that way. But uh, I, I could see him playing well. I really could. He said, also, I checked Lewis Riddick would destroy me. But I'd still give it a go. This was <laughs> MDivs was the one that during week 17's Monday night game, he said he was going to box Lewis Riddick. He was given the weight breakdown and everything. It was pretty funny. Richard Parker asks, what do you think the Steelers did wrong the first time they played Kansas City? And what will make the second time around different? So the Steelers in the first time around, it was a game where you could, and this was without Travis Kelsey, mind you, defensively. You could definitely tell that they were like, we're not going to let Tyreek Hill beat us. And what happened after that is they got gashed by the run. It was guys like Pringle, who I'd never even heard of. Uh, They were doing the damage. When you give up that much on the ground, gaping holes. I'm talking gaping holes. But I I have to go back and look. I know they didn't have Joe Hayden in that game. I'm not sure if they had Montrevious Adams in that game, and that's a big deal. I I think they were short-staffed on defense, but I need to go back and double-check the injury reports going into that game. On offense... The Steelers just got themselves in bad downs and distances. They were turning the ball over. They just weren't able to ever establish the run. The Steelers, if it's me, I'm actually calling up Nick Fangio and saying, Hey, Nick, or Vic Fangio, you just got fired from Denver, but you really knew how to slow down uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you mind giving us, giving us some tips? That's what I would do. Brian Haynes asks, does this remind you of 2008? Are we getting hot at the right time? Hashtag ride or die crew. Brian, to be honest with you, the only thing that this reminds me of 2008, that was a team that won Super Bowl 43, is the fact that the Steelers had the toughest schedule that season. Uh, the, that team was so much better from a roster standpoint. Also, that they played better in certain situations. Uh, they lost some close games that year, but now it doesn't remind me too much of 08. If anything, it reminds me of 05, not 08. Lori asks, what do you think our wide receivers need to be more reliable slash consistent? Still lots of drops and miscommunications. Can't afford that in the playoffs. And how crazy is it that the Steelers are in the playoffs, by the way? Still can't believe it. Hashtag ride or die crew. Lori, I agree 100% with your comment about how crazy it is that the Steelers are in the playoffs. I didn't predict them to get in. I predicted the Steelers to win on Sunday, but the Jaguars to lose and the Colts would have been in. Nonetheless... The Steelers are in. They are, yeah, mind-boggling. But the receivers, I think that when it comes down to the the Pittsburgh Steelers' wide receivers, to be more reliable and consistent, you're not going to have that all of a sudden now. And we're talking about Week 19, technically. If it hasn't happened yet, it's not going to happen this year. That's the sad reality of where the Steelers are. The Steelers do have some options at certain positions, but... When it comes to seeing drastic changes or improvements, unless you're catching lightning in a bottle with a great performance by a player, some of this stuff's just it's just going to be the way it is. And unfortunately, I think some of those miscommunications and drops are just the way they are right now. Brian Haynes asked two more. He says, "Are the chiefs going to demolish us again? I feel like we're on our stride and we can handle them. I don't think they're going to demolish them. To be honest, the last line I saw was the Chiefs giving twelve and a half. I'm going to say take the Steelers and take the points. Uh, Straight up, that's different, but take the Steelers getting the points. I think it's going to be close. Brian also asks hypothetically speaking, could we bring in James Ferrier for the playoffs? No, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think you'd want that. But I think he's actually in great shape, though. And last one from Brian, who's the biggest threat on the Kansas City Chiefs? Say what you want. It's it's Patrick Mahomes. Everyone wants to talk about Travis Kelsey. Everyone wants to talk about Tyreek Hill. Uh, You know... Edwards Hilaire, who probably won't be in this game because I think he's still injured from that shoulder injury, suffered against the Steelers the last time they played. It's Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill does nothing without Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, ditto. It's one of those situations where you have the head of the snake, and it's Patrick Mahomes. You can talk about all the other players that they have, Pringle and Hardman. No, it's Mahomes, people. He's the biggest threat. Okay, Daily Joint Company says, Jeff... Who are you starting at punter this week? Given the fact that Press has had a, a tragedy, is there any way he can go to the injured reserve? I don't know if there is a designation for grieving, that that would be the best way not to bring two punters on the roster to a playoff game. This is something that you're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, the Steelers, and this is something I talked with Dave Schofield about after the game on our post-game show. And I mentioned how we both agreed you can't have two punters on the roster. And we also agree that you probably shouldn't have Presley Harvin being your punter. He's just not doing – he's not in a good space right now, and he's not punting the ball well right now. And Dave brought up the – he said, you know, it would be great. He did, This didn't happen, mind you, on Tuesday. But he said it would be. It would make sense if, you know, Mike Tomlin came out and said, oh, Presley Harvin pulled a hamstring, and they put him on injured reserve, and that way they don't have to worry about it. But that didn't happen. So unless he could go on IR, I mean, that that's the way that you would want to keep him in the system without uh, having him approach waivers and something like that. But I, I think you have to have Waitman as your punter. I, I don't want to have – I hate to say this because I'm a big fan of Presley Harvin, but my, my gosh, you can't give Patrick Mahomes a short field. And that's what he did a lot, again, with Tyler Huntley in Baltimore. Cheeseball10, he asked, What do, what do the Steelers have to do differently this time around versus the Chiefs? I have tremendous faith in our coaching staff and their ability to game plan. But do they have the personnel to compete or to complete the game plan to the degree it would take to beat the Chiefs? Hashtag ride or die crew, thank you, Cheeseball. So, I heard a snippet from another podcast where people say these bland things all the time. Well, they just need to stop the run. Well, no kidding. I mean, hello, if you've watched the Steelers and for any length of time this year, you know they need to stop the run. Like that's not rocket. That's not an answer. Okay. What the Steelers need to do with their run fits are awful right now. And that's something that you listen to Craig Wolfley. You listen to the people that played in the national football league. And they will tell you that right now, the Steelers from a run fit standpoint are really, really bad. So here's, here's what needs to happen. And it's, they need a really good game from Devin Bush. I'll be specific. They need a really good game from Devin Bush, whether it's helping out with Travis Kelsey, stopping the run, they need a good game. But Everyone needs to remember that his success is also hinged on the defensive front. If players on the defensive front, like Montrevius Adams, are not freeing him up and he's seeing these offensive linemen get to him at the second level, he's going to get taken out. He's not that type of linebacker. They need a big game from Devin Bush. That defensive front needs to really do their job, allow him to do his job. And also another player, Terrell Edmonds, is going to have to really step up. Edmonds is probably the one that's going to have to cover Kelsey. He's going to, have to do the best that he can, and that that's puts a stress on the defensive line again to stop the run. Edmonds is normally a guy that likes they like to put him in the box. I would expect the Steelers to break out some unique looks on defense. On offense, the Steelers need to run the ball and protect the ball. Don't give them short fields off of turnovers and run the football. Good question though. David asks if that wasn't if that was the Steelers instead of L.A. Uh, in the night game, Sunday Night Football, and only needing a tie to get in. How would you be feeling right now? Hashtag die crew. Well, I'll tell you how I'd be feeling. I'd be really ticked off. But I wouldn't have expected the other team to do that. Not a divisional opponent. I hope that made sense. So if I'm watching the Steelers and Ravens play on Sunday Night Football and a tie gets them both in, never in my wildest dreams would I expect John Wang Harbaugh to say, well, yeah, we're just going to kneel on it. We'll let Pittsburgh in. Get out of here. Nor would Kevin Stefanski or the other guy that – the guy that coaches the Bengals, whoever that is. I think it's Zach something. Um, Zach Morris? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't expect any of them to do it. None of them. So I wouldn't feel like, oh, I was betrayed. Like the Charters fans, if you're like, it was betrayed by the Raiders. Betrayed by the Raiders. They're your rival. What would you want them to do? Get out of here. Good question, though, David. And Mendez is. How do the Steelers get get their offense going uh, in more than just the fourth quarter? The Steelers can't fall behind uh, much versus the Chiefs, and that's the truth. They can't fall behind. You have to. You have to keep adding to the point total in some way, shape, or form. So if the Chiefs go down and score an early touchdown, it's a, the Steelers just have to match with some points. You don't want to get into a shootout. You hope the defense can stand tall. But ultimately, you just need to get some points. This is going to come down to the offensive line. It's going to come down to the center that they choose to play. And it's also going to come down to Dan Moore Jr. and his health. So the Steelers have some, some decisions to make at the along the offensive line. And I think that if they can get the running game going, People often forget this. Back when Peyton Manning was MVP Peyton Manning, what was the number one defense against the Colts offense? That offense that was so prolific, so fun to watch, and so crazy good. You had a time-consuming offense that kept them off the field. That's exactly what the Steelers offense needs to do. Convert on third down, run the football, and when you get in the red zone, it's got to be a touchdown it's got to be a touchdown. Good question. Believe in a miracle. He changes again. He said, how much would you pay to go to Tennessee for a playoff game? I'm not going to any games, people. Like I have to run the website. I'm going to stay at home, but I would probably pay a lot of money. Uh, he said, honestly, I don't care if we get boat race Sunday night. This season has surpassed anything I expected. Sorry, but my superstition stops me from changing my name. I get it. So what he said is, I, I agree 100%. I talked about the whole first half of this show about how this is the Steelers are playing with house money. I feel like the fans should be doing the same exact thing. You're playing with house money now. This team has gone above and beyond most of our expectations this year. Just sit back and enjoy it. Sit back and enjoy it. That's all you have to do. Austin S has Ben calling the games in the fourth quarter? Is that how they suddenly come to life? I think it's a mixture of... The Steelers are going up-tempo, which I've been saying for months, play with some tempo. I'm not saying they have to go no huddle. There is a big difference. If you think that me saying up-tempo is no huddle, then you're wrong. What I'm suggesting is that the Steelers need to go with a tempo style that is, hey, we have the Chiefs in their base defense. We have an offensive personnel group with Pat Fryermuth. With Chase Claypool, with Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris, that we can have we have an offensive game plan to beat that. So we're gonna go no huddle or up tempo and we're gonna use that against them. Don't let them substitute. I've been wanting them to do that all year and they just don't. But I think Ben is calling more plays and more routes in the fourth quarter. I'm not suggesting it's gonna happen the whole time, but it's still that's something they're doing. Justin Mitchell says, does Tomlin stick with what is working with J.C. or go back to green? So Mike Tomlin was asked about this on Tuesday, and I honest to goodness think he's going to stay with J.C. Hassenauer. He was very complimentary of him, and the results don't lie. J.C. Hassenauer is not the answer at center, but he's also not getting blown off the ball. He's not getting walked back into the backfield, and that matters in this game on Sunday. So I think he goes with J.C. Hassenauer. And also, he did mention how, K, uh, you know, Kevin, Kendrick Green, Kendrick Green, not Kevin Green. I said that the other, a couple podcasts ago, I felt like an idiot when I was listening to it. Kendrick Green had a calf injury and also was on the COVID list. I think they kind of built that excuse in that maybe that's why he's not playing. So I think they're going to go with JC. IJR says, did the Steelers stick with the same O-line formula that's been working by leaving Green out? I just kind of answered that. Yes, I think they do. But boy, do I hope they get Dan Moore Jr. back. That's a big one for me. Rob asks, how does the BTSC bad shirtless ritual change for the playoffs? Seems like he got away with doing it for after the four straight wins. He stopped and the Steelers started to get blown out for the playoffs. It needs to come off with proof. Hashtag make it happen. Hashtag writer. Thank you, Rob. I have no interest in seeing that. So if you want proof, my friend, you can hit up Brian Anthony Davis on his Twitter account, and I'm sure he will send you a topless shirt picture. I'm not doing that at all. You can talk with him. <laughs> Predicus <laughs> asks, I'm taking myself into really liking our chances Sunday. However, if this is it, what do you think Ben's second career will be? He's not like Terry Bradshaw being, being on TV every Sunday. And he's not like Tommy Gunn making chipped ham sandwiches at Giant Eagle. I think Ben's made enough money. He doesn't have to do anything. I think he's going to golf. I think he's going to be with his family. I think you'll see him only at like... Um, For instance, you might see him at the Lake Tahoe uh, Celebrity Golf Tournament every year. You might see him at other golf tournaments. I don't think you're going to see him on CBS. I would be shocked if he's on, like, a CBS or something. But I've been wrong before. I don't think you're going to see much of Ben at all, to be honest with you. And uh, Ryan Carter asked, in the last outing versus the Chiefs, the Steelers were killed by the running backs in the flat. How confident are you that the Steelers will identify that problem and correct it? Kelsey will be a problem no matter how we slice it. Thanks, hashtag ride or die crew. That's going to be a tough one for them is to identify this. Again, Devin Bush is going to have to have a big game. If you're taking Terrell Edmonds and putting him on Kelsey – which I actually think is a smart decision with the personnel the Steelers have, then it's going to go on someone like Devin Bush or Joe Shobert to have to get that job done. If Robert Blains on the field, you know they're going to target him in the passing game. That's just how they are going to do it. I, I don't. I hope I'm wrong, but at the same time, I also know that that's probably what a lot of teams look for. When they see 41 out there, aye, aye, they just say, oh, here we go, we know exactly what they're going to do. All right, last one. Riley asked this question. He asked it over a day ago. He said, "I have a question. Can I ask it early? I because of work, he couldn't. I guess he couldn't get on Twitter, but that's fine." He said, "Do you think being the last seed in the playoffs could be an advantage for the Steelers?" I think about the 2005 playoff run, Ben's first ever ring. Yes, and think about how awesome it would be to close out his career, winning his last ring the same way he won his first. I do think about being the last seed. I do think about the pressure. That is on the home team and the higher seeded team. Um, I, I don't, it's tough to put a lot of stock into that. It would be fantastic for the Steelers to find a way to win and to get Ben a, a, a Super Bowl. Number seven gets number seven and he rides off into the sunset with a third Super Bowl ring would be magical. At this point in time, let's just focus on the Chiefs. That's all I'm going to say. Let's just focus on the Chiefs. So before I call it a show here, I want to take a moment and wish someone very special in my life a happy birthday. And that would be my daughter, my oldest daughter. And she turned 11 years old on the 11th Tuesday. And I just want to take a moment to tell her, because she'll want to hear this off so to go to the end of the show and, and let her listen, uh, that she's turning into such a beautiful young lady. And I, I know she's going to be a great mother. And when she gets older, I just I, I am blessed to be able to watch her grow up. And she is like a little mother hen with her younger siblings and her other sisters and even her older brother at times. And uh, she's just impresses me more and more every day, whether it's with her athletic ability. She's unbelievably athletic. Uh, picked up golf in a summer is really, really good at golf. Uh, great volleyball players playing basketball for the first time this year and isn't too shabby for being her first time. Um, I love her to death. So for my daughter, it's turning 11. Happy birthday, beautiful, and um, I'm sure we'll be <laughs> I'll be talking to you, but I wanted to get this on there because I know she always likes to hear me talk about her and her siblings on these podcasts, so all right, that does it for me, I hope you enjoyed the show, I enjoyed the show, house money, baby, let's go out and win a game, let's go out and see the Steelers beat the Chiefs, but before that, we're going to be back on Friday, so make sure you're back with me on Friday, Blue Checkback will be joining me, we'll have NFL game picks, It is going to be a great time, so make sure you check that out. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. If you're a Spotify listener like me, give us a five-star rating as well as on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star. Give us a good comment. I really appreciate it. And then last but certainly not least, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. All right, folks, that's it. Have a great day. You know we finished it up here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Let's do this. We'll see you Friday.